I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back. In just a moment, I'm very much looking forward to a conversation we uh, are about to have with an aspiring Olympic athlete. Uh, In fact, the pilot of the bobsled on the Israeli bobsled team. Very much looking forward to that conversation. Before we get there, though, Kira Hoffelmeyer from KSL News Radio joins me in studio with some breaking news. Kira, what do you have? So, Lee, we're hearing from the Provo Police Department that they are responding to a critical incident in the area of about 100 South and 8th East in Provo. We're hearing that there have been possible shots fired, possibly an officer hit. We're waiting for some more confirmation on that, but there is a lot of police in that area. Again, 8th East and 100 South in Provo, Lee. Critical incident, they're describing it as, the Provo Police. Thank you so much, Kira. Uh, We'll follow that uh, as it develops. You hope everyone is all right, Uh, both sides of the badge there. Uh, Shoot, that's scary stuff. Uh, We'll continue to follow it here on KSL News Radio. Uh, Joining me now is uh, a gentleman named Dave Nichols, who sent uh, an email over to the station just yesterday with uh, a fascinating tale. Uh, and a fascinating goal, and uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, ruin this story by trying to tell it myself. So I'll simply say uh, that Dave here is uh, a member of the Israeli bobsled team, a Park City resident, uh, and he has some lofty aspirations and some unique challenges uh, to overcome. Dave, hey, welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. T- tell me, t- tell me who you are exactly and what you're up to. <laughs> Well, um, you got that right. My name is Dave Nichols, and uh, bobsled pilot. Actually, been uh, been sliding for about um, 16, 16 years or so, uh, practicing and and uh, competing in Park City and really all around the world. And uh, this uh, this endeavor, this vision, started really, as I say, about sixteen, seventeen years ago, where I was invited up to the Olympic Park. Uh, I didn't know why, <laughs> but uh, somebody said, just come on up there. And I did, and I didn't realize that they were um, they were trying to get me involved in, in something that I had absolutely really no idea what it was about. And uh, there was a two-man bobsled there, and there was a guy that uh, was also in a, in a wheelchair uh, as a paraplegic. You, you, and sir, he jumped you, out sir, of chair. you sir, are a paraplegic yourself? Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure, yeah. I had a... Uh, uh, an out-of-control snowboarder, unfortunately, uh, rammed into me behind, oh uh, from behind, uh, you know, and uh, did some damage there. So, How old were you uh, when anyway, that happened, I if you don't this, I'm sorry, what? How, how old were you when that happened? Oh, uh, I was hoping you wouldn't ask. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We, we can move on. I was in my mid-30s at the time, actually, so... 
I'm uh, probably one of the older bobsled pilots on the on the World Cup circuit right now. But um, anyway, I saw this gentleman uh, get into the sled, and it was a specially adapted sled with a, a roll cage, a higher seat back, and whatnot. And next thing you know, they were asking me if I wanted to give it a shot, and I was like, for sure, yeah. And and uh, it was just amazing. I mean, obviously, just like skiing, you know, you don't start at the top of the hill, so it was a lower start. And uh, it was really amazing. I just the focus, the concentration, um, just the whole aspect of the sport really intrigued me. And I just thought it was great. I'm like, I got to do this. So at one point, myself and he and another guy that was actually a, a veteran and an amputee, um, they uh, they would the veterans uh, the guys that are amputees would push the sled if they had prosthetics. They could run and push the sled, jump in. I'd already be in the sled as a seated pilot. So the combo worked great, and we thought to ourselves one day, you know, this would be great if it could really become a, an official uh, Paralympic sport. So we actually put together the world's first adaptive bobsled team and uh, brought the sport up to Canada, showed those guys, started doing some recruiting all around the world, and uh, got different countries involved, um, New Zealand, Australia, the Jamaican guys, Spain, Greece, everybody, and uh, the international governing body of the sport kind of saw what we were doing and decided to get behind us. And really for the past, God, at least 10 years, they've been working towards um, full accreditation with the International Paralympic Committee. Um, unfortunately, uh, a little bit of short-sightedness, I think, on their part, and they keep changing the – they keep moving the target, so to speak – um, and they vote, you know, six years out to the next Olympics. So they missed it for 2022 and they missed it for 2026, but they're still, everyone's still working hard to achieve the criteria. But nevertheless, I'm uh, moving forward with the two man and the four man discipline and uh, have a team of, of guys uh, that are uh, uh, also veterans and, and really uh, just gung ho on, on the sport. Um, and uh, looking to be the first integrated team where there's a, a seated or paraplegic driver um, with able-bodied brakemen uh, pushing from behind. And the rules of the sport allow me to get in the sled first before anybody starts to push. So if you're the pilot and you have a broken ankle or a, a torn hamstring or something like that, you can actually get in the sled first um, and then – uh, your teammates run and push you, um, and away you go down the uh, down the hill. So as I, as I have, um, as, as I've watched uh, bobsledding, uh, you know, over my years of being a big Winter Olympics fan, uh, you, you see every, everyone is pushing and jumping in. I presume that that pushing at the onset uh, is where you get uh, and build up a lot of speed. How much of a disadvantage is there if uh, if the full complement of, of competitors isn't pushing the sled? You know that's that's a really good question and, and, and a question and can that you a make lot it up? of. <laughs> well, um, again, it, it's it's really how you look at it. Um, you know, it, it depends upon the horses that you have pushing the carriage. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm I'm lucky. I got some great guys uh, pushing behind me. But my coach, who's actually a three-time Olympian, um, Lee Johnston uh, from the UK, he actually really developed the entire bobsled program for years in the UK. Uh, feels that our situation is unique and it, it, it's almost an advantage in that, you know, when you have the four guys running, including the driver, 
he's got to stop running for, or he's got to slow down for half a second, if you will, and then jump in. And then he's got to fuss around and try and settle down and find the D rings or the steering mechanism, if you will. And I don't have to do that. So I'm already in the sled. I already have the D rings and there's no hesitation. Nobody's pulling the sled back while you're jumping in. And my guys can actually run further and longer um, and then jump in. So he sees that as an advantage, whether or not it's really a disadvantage or not remains to be seen. Um, We've been fairly competitive, unfortunately this season because of the COVID uh, we really haven't been able to stack up against too many other international teams. Um, The North America cup uh, that was here in park city uh, out in Lake Placid, New York, the event in Canada was canceled because they're not, you know, letting anybody, uh, anybody in at the moment. Um, so we really haven't been able to see exactly how close we can be and how competitive we can be. But, you know, we've seen other athletes on the World Cup circuit um, that have, have come in in top 10 uh, with a seated pilot. Um, so I know uh, Andres uh, or Treichel from, from Austria a couple times sat in, and there's even been a couple of USA guys that have sat in. So, um, you know, whether or not I can make up what might need to be made up really remains to be seen. But, um, you know, it's a sport where you win or lose these days by the push. The push is really, really, really important. Um, but uh, so far we've been we've been holding our own. Uh, we actually took a sixth place finish uh, last season Huge. at the North America Cup, uh, which was which was pretty pretty fun, pretty I, close to the podium. You'll, you'll get there. Uh, listen, Dave, I, I hate to cut this conversation short, but uh, we are right up against it. I wish you the very best of luck. Uh, where can folks Where can folks learn more about uh, the the journey you're on and watch you compete? Yeah, definitely. We're always looking to identify anybody that's wanted to be a part of the journey. There's a website, A-B-A-S-A.com. That's Adaptive Bobsled and Sports Association.com. There's also Instagram, Facebook, Israel Bobsled Team Nichols. And uh, my email, of course, bobsledgold at gmail.com. And again, I appreciate the opportunity to share with you guys. We're all about integration and equality and equal opportunities in sport and we're looking to be there uh, in Beijing, and, and hopefully uh, we'll have some good news to share with you guys in the future along the way. Outstanding. Well, listen, Dave, I, I love your story, and I love the way you tell it. So I want to be uh, touching base with you from time to time as you move forward, ultimately uh, working towards that goal of qualifying for the Olympics in Beijing. Uh, outstanding, outstanding, outstanding. Quick break. When we return, it's the top two stories at 2 o'clock. Next on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.